You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Hello and welcome back to Revival Recap. I'm Seth Dahl and this week we're talking with Pastor Joaquin Evans. Now last week we were out of town on a trip so we did not do a Revival Recap podcast. So today we're going to cover the last two Saturday nights. We had live meetings just for volunteers, just for leaders because of the size of the building and all of that. Uh, but the rest of you are probably watching on Facebook or online somewhere. So yep. we're going to just recap the last couple weeks. Both of them were really powerful. So you're going to get two in one double portion today. Revival recap with Joaquin. Come on. So both of the last two weeks, you brought up a bunch of leaders to give prophetic words, draw a name out. Yeah. There was a couple really fun things that happened. Um one of those, the first week, so we heard about this the second week from right. the first week. Right. Um, someone gave a word about queso. Like, I don't know why, but I see you with queso or something like yeah. that. And um, apparently the person who was watching through the stream really, really loves queso. And their son had just brought them a bunch of queso from a catering event as Ben, As the Pastor word Ben was, was giving released. the word. Like, yep. Oh my goodness, that's perfect timing. I see you with queso, and they're like literally sitting there surrounded by with queso. a bunch of queso. I love how the prophetic works, and God does that. Um, there was the other one. Uh, somebody had just lost their job the day before, but when the word was given to them, it was they said something about, I see you eating popcorn. Mm-hmm. And he was literally, he, someone texted him because at that moment he was not watching the stream. He was eating popcorn at the movie in a theater. movie while the word was being, being given to yeah, him. Yeah, and I remember uh, Stacy was releasing the word and the popcorn didn't have anything to do with the word. Nothing. She's just like, I don't know why I'm seeing popcorn, but I'm seeing popcorn, so I have to say it. Then she went on and gave the word, yeah. but it was just... I love how God just confirms the word, yes. you know? He's like, yes, I know you. Confirmation uh-huh. that this is for you yeah. right Make now. Make sure you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're paying attention. Um, I have a fun testimony. I don't think you heard this. I talked to someone. So you talked about encountering God um, that did? first That's week. a shock. I know. Big shock. <laughs> big surprise. But somebody had an encounter where they were taken up to heaven and as soon as they get to heaven, they started feeling sick to the point where they needed to throw up. And Jesus was right there rubbing their back while they threw up disappointment, pain, discouragement. Wow. So kind of a weird encounter with God, but they're they're literally yeah. vomiting in heaven with Jesus rubbing their back. Wow. And, and they said... Deep healing. Deep healing. Jesus was saying to them, I'm not in a rush. And they realized they'd been feeling like they had to hurry up and get rid of all their disappointment, get rid of all their pain, work through all their issues, Mm -hmm. work through all their challenges. Um, But he was just saying, I'm not in a rush. Mm. You don't have to hurry. You don't Mm. have to like, when I, when I hear stories like that, Mm -hmm. I'm just reminded that God, you know, the Bible says a day with the Lord is like, a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day and and one encounter can do so much deep healing yeah 
Well, you just, I don't know. Just I, I love that. I, I, lo I love that. And no, I hadn't heard that. It's amazing. One of the, one of the things that I say often, but haven't said it in, in a while, definitely didn't say it that week. But one of the things I love to say is that um, one of my favorite things about God is that he's not in a hurry. Yeah. Like we are so caught in this cycle, given to anxiety, given to worry, given to hurry, all these things. And God's like, hey, I've got this all in control. Like I know who I am. Yeah. I know that I win. You know, I know yeah. that I have all authority. Like I know that I love you. And we are so in a, such in a hurry, which, you know, it, I didn't think about it until now, but that ties into this last week um, about the message about, you know, being in, in pace with God, you yeah. know, uh, and, and letting it. So it totally it all ties in. Yeah, both but part of that, really yeah, tie part of that, that is like God is not in a hurry. So we even us getting healed, like, yes, he wants us healed more than we do. But we, God is into our process. Like that's yeah. like we're such a microwave generation. Like yeah. sh where's the magic button? Let me yeah. push the button. Let me have that God encounter and it's all done. And God does do that. But he also is into our journey and he's into our process and take each step with us. He doesn't want to drag us so quickly that it damages us. He yeah. wants to just like, hey, I'm here. I'm with you. Like let's go this journey. Yeah. Let's go this process together. I just love that about him. I know. I thought it was super powerful when I heard that. I'm like, whoa. That's really good. <laughs> Come on. I just loved Thank hearing all the stories from that week. Um, one of the things you said that really hit me, and I think we can just talk about this and then go towards the next week, but you talked about being still and knowing that he is God in a season of still being still, not mm -hmm. fighting, mm -hmm. which very much goes along the lines yeah. of all this too. Yeah. Um, just anything practical... Mm -hmm. when it comes to being still mm -hmm. that you want to say? Yeah, I think the first thing is to remember that God is first the pursuer. Before, we, before we're pursuing him, he's pursuing us. Yeah. And, you know, we get into this, site, and, there, and there, there's seasons, and there's different, so there's seasons to fight and to press, in but we get caught up in this season of like my job is to press into god my job is to catch god so yeah. to speak and my job is to uh win his approval my job is to impress him my and it's and you get into that hurry thing and you get in that like yeah. you get out of alignment with god because god's not in a hurry but to remind ourselves that god is first pursuing us yeah. before He's catching us before we're trying to catch him. Yeah. So sometimes if you're going around this track and you're trying to like, you're trying to collide with another person on the track, you can try and speed up and catch them, or you can just stop where you are and they'll catch you. Yeah. Let them. And God, and to remind ourselves that God is pursuing us and to be to be listening. Sometimes we need to be in aggressive pursuit stance. Sometimes we just need to be still and let God catch us. Yeah. And that's what. Two weeks ago, I felt like he was saying, and that that thick, honey, love, yeah. presence of God, he's like, just be still and let me pour myself out on you. And the thing is that you can actually miss the pouring, miss what he's wanting to do yes. if you're trying to run yeah. and you're over here uh, trying to pursue and catch. Yeah. And he's like, just for a moment, be still. Let me refresh you. Let me recharge you. Let me encounter you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's the verse surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life like yeah. 
sometimes you just got to slow down long enough so goodness and mercy can catch you. Because yeah. they're following you. Yeah. But can they actually catch you and overtake yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, so true. I, I wanted to share this one thing. One time, this verse for me is super important. Be still and know that I am God, that he is God. Mm-hmm. One time he said to me, Seth, if you don't know how to be still, you'll end up thinking you're God. Mm. And you'll end up thinking you're in charge and you're responsible for wow. everything. And you'll start playing God in your own life. Mm. If you're not still and know that mm. I am God, you'll end mm. up thinking you are. Mm. And I think that's a bit what you're going after here mm. is like, we're in a season of stillness. We're in a season of trust. You said it takes mm. more trust to be still than to fight. Can you yeah. trust him enough to be still during this time to let him catch you? And not start playing like this is all on me. That's a powerful, what you just captured right there. It takes more trust to be still yeah. than it does to fight. Because yeah. in the middle of the fight, what what God was, was saying, what's implied in that is like when you're in the fight, you can you can give part of the credit to your energy and your effort. Yeah. I did this. My engine. But yeah. to be still and to, and to watch God work on your behalf, like actually takes more trust to be like, God, you're going to show up. You're going to be good. You're going to just when I'm still. In yeah. fact, this is yesterday. I'm, I'm working on, you know, working on a book. I'm a book in yesterday. I was writing the book and, and I was writing this whole section on, uh, Elijah in in First Kings, you know, he has the the famous battle with the prophets of Baal on the yeah. mountain, and and God comes yeah. down with it, with fire and uh, you know licks up the the offering and the water and to and proves his divinity that he is the one true yeah. God. And this it is the quintessential like power encounter. Yeah. You know, God displaying Himself in power. Yeah. And that, but right off of that, he's Elijah's running for his life, and he's now wow. uh, he, his perception is he's running for his life, and uh, and you know, and he's 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 tired, he's physically, emotionally, mentally exhausted, right? And yeah. he's running, and and uh, and and he's hiding in this cave, and God says, you know, come out and speak with me, and and wow. there's and there's an earthquake. You know, it's, I just love the story. There's an earthquake, but God's not. Oh, there's a mighty wind, yeah. right? And God's that not shakes a, the mountain, right? I mean, power. God's yeah. not in the wind. There's an earthquake. God's not in the earthquake. Then there's a fire. God's not in the fire. How did he just meet with God before? Fire. In fire. Yeah. And and his he and Elijah uh, is dresses God with God says come out. He says he says uh, God uh, Lord all-powerful God. So he's looking for the God of power in the way he just encountered it. He's like, I'm weak, I'm feeble. What he thinks he needs is a power encounter like fire with God because he's weak, he's feeble. Um, He's gone many days without food, but God's not in the wind. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the uh, fire. But then comes a a gentle whisper. And God was in the whisper. And then Elijah recognizes that he goes out and meets with God. And I actually believe what God was doing is he was reset. He was resetting. He was recalibrating intimacy back to the center because intimacy precedes power. Yeah. And so in his weakness, he, he forgot the source and he's like, I need the God of power. And God's like, no, first, what you need is the God of intimacy. Encounter me here and I'll visit you again with power. 
And then the crazy thing is off of that, he met with God in intimacy, and then God gives him his final commission, which he anoints all the next generation of yeah. leaders, Jehu, yeah. and he, uh, he anoints all the yeah. kings and his, his own successor. Yeah. But it comes out of, not out of the fire, not out of the wind, not out of the earthquake, out of the gentle whisper. So I think God is resetting that, recalibrating that for us. So. I love it. This whole conversation reminds me, there's the place in the Bible where Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. But then Jesus also said, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So you mm -hmm. have the verse where it's like, take the kingdom by force. Mm -hmm. The violent take the kingdom by, and he's mm -hmm. like, oh, but the sons receive mm -hmm. it from the father. Mm -hmm. It's his good pleasure. And there are times to take it by force. There are also times to be the child uh -huh. and receive it yes. out of the father's pleasure mm -hmm. over our lives. Oh, I love that. It's like a season of receiving versus a season of fighting, a season of intimacy mm -hmm. versus a season of the crazy power. Yeah. The power will come when you need it, but right now, that's yeah. where you are yeah. feeling like we are, is yeah. we're in a season of intimacy, the whisper, yeah. the stillness, yeah. the listening, yeah. the receiving. Yeah, we're in the midst of a crazy season, you know? <clears throat> God, uh, you know, Elijah came out of a out of a crazy crazy season a crazy moment the the uh the mount carmel the battle of the prophets of Baal. i mean craziness now he's on the run he's going days without food i mean crazy season and god meets him not in with fire in that moment yeah. he meets him with intimacy yeah. so we're in a crazy season yeah. and sometimes we're like where's the god of power ah oh, this is a crazy season send your fire and god's like i'm not in the, in this moment god there's moments where God comes in fire and yeah. and and the the shaking and the earthquake, but God's like in this moment I'm in the whisper. Just be still and know that I'm like, I'm God and let my thick weighty presence just catch you and envelop you and like oh man thank you Jesus. Come on, <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is so good. Mm. I love it. Thank you, Father. Mm. How do we do that? Is there a practical thing you tell us like when we wake up in the morning, when we're in prayer, when we're like, is there a way we read our Bible? Is there a way we mm -hmm. interact with God that can mm -hmm. help us mm -hmm. with that? Or do we need to recognize like, whoa, I just got into worry and hurry. Mm -hmm. How do I back out of that? How do we, Yeah. is there something you just say like, do this or I think, don't do this? Yeah, I think just reminding ourselves, which is just, point of the whole message but it's just reminding ourselves that God is first pursuing us so are we giving him the opportunity to to be the pursuer to catch us and and that's the trap that's the it, that we get out of that mode so much that we can go days weeks months years yeah. and we wake up every you know and we're reading the word and but we're like we're trying to catch God in the word yeah. And we pray, but we're trying to catch God in prayer. And whatever it is that you're doing, and it's, so it's this, it's this how you position yourself coming into those, whether you're worshiping, reading, laying on the floor, soaking, any of those ways, but it's the, it's the heart position. And again, we've hit it already, and there's times for pursuit, but the reminder, asking ourselves, am I letting God catch me? 
that will change so the, the way you so you read but instead of like okay how do i apply this to my life i gotta i gotta make this yeah. active like how do i use this today like this you're like you read it and you go like oh okay god how do you want to how do you want to catch me are you stopping whether it's your reading whether it's your prayer there's worship soaking and you're like okay god what do you want to do like you're pursuing me yeah just come and pursue me right now if you can give them that moment come and pursue me right now yeah. and it and it doesn't matter some people you know some people pray early in the morning some people pray at night some it's, god can do it in the word he can do it in worship it, can, it doesn't matter the formula or what like not what you do what you're doing but it's that heart position in the doing it yeah if you give them that time you're pursuing me i'm just gonna i'm gonna let you catch me oh man watch what happens yeah. you, start, you just start wrecking That's your it. world in a good way That's it. it's not what you do it's how why you're the, how you're yeah. approaching it yeah that's good so good hope you guys are loving this come on be still and know that he is god let's you, jump can i, can I yes, jump in with course, something please. you uh, you were talking about the the uh uh the violent take it by force that you know um uh, the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by a sort of force. And it wasn't that long ago I was studying this. And I just love that. But, um, uh, you know, in, in, early, in early rabbinical teachings and beliefs, um, they're actually, that actually references, I think it's in uh, Habakkuk, but it, it's, um, it's, a, a, it's a reference in there about the sheep that are pinned in. Uh, so a shepherd would take his sheep out grazing and they would get far out from their their homestead uh and they would do that to graze and so at night the shepherd would would build a, a stone wall against a uh hillside and and hem in all the sheep to protect them at night but when the morning and he would sleep in there with the sheep and wow. when the morning would come because that word violence it's translated violence, but its actual meaning is a violent breaking through. So it doesn't just mean violence as as our like I punch you in the face. Um, it means a violent breaking out or breaking through. So really, it could it. I mean, the best translation would be a, a violent breakthrough. Wow. Um, but so the reference is in the morning when the shepherd wakes up. He's the, and the sheep are all hemmed in and now they're restless. They've been in all night and it's yeah. now it's daytime and there's fresh grass out there and they can't wait to get out. And he starts kicking down the stone wall. He kicks out the first few and the sheep take that Ooh. opening and they all push boo, and they break through into the pasture following, following their shepherd into freedom. Wow. So the violent are the, the wow. those in the kingdom are violently breaking forth into freedom. Yeah. And, and advancement and revelation, and yes, and opens the yes. Yeah. He's the breaker anointing, he's and the we just breaker. come right through. He's the breaker. He's the breaker. Wow! And it literally, it literally says that in the reference. I did a whole um, when we were when we were doing the Hope Today videos. I yeah. did a whole video okay. on it. Okay. But it references in the in the oh, and I wish I had it. I think it's a bag. It, but it literally references him as uh, the breaker that goes before us. Micah the, the Lord of the breaker, Micah. Yes, Micah, not Habakkuk. Micah too. Yep. There, oh, so it. good. I'll get it for us. <clears throat> this is what translation you normally read. 
This is New King James. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. Another translation says, your leader will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy cities, back to your own land. Your king will lead you. The mm -hmm. Lord himself will guide you. Mm -hmm. The one who breaks open, your leader will break out. He who opens the breach, one who breaks open the way, the breaker goes up before them. The breaker has come up before them. Come on. So that verse that has confused people for so long, like, what does that really mean? Like, that the early rabbinical thought was that that is a reference to that passage. Wow. And it just makes so much sense in that yeah. context. I love it. Violent taken by forces. Ready, ready. And he kicks it open, and here we go. Boom. We're out. Yes. Man, that's so good. Oh, my goodness. I love this. This is a good revival <laughs> recap. Two weeks in one. A double dose. Plus extra stuff we're pulling know, in from I know, everywhere. I love it. Um, all right. One more thing. Let's just talk about one more thing. I loved what you said about the parachute and this little piece of fabric and cord so small it fits in the backpack and it has no power on its own, no strength on its own, no force on its own. But when it catches mm -hmm. that wind, all mm -hmm. of a sudden, yeah. I, I was really wrecked by that. Like you talked about, it's not about our efforts. It's not about our ideas. It's not about our ingenuity. It's not about, it's about us being like mm -hmm. a parachute and mm -hmm. catching his being surrendered Spirit. to a greater Sur force than yourself. Surrendered to a greater force. Yeah. And I feel like that, obviously, both these weeks are so intertwined. But that really goes along mm -hmm. with everything we've been saying. Mm -hmm. But surrendering to a greater force mm -hmm. than ourselves. Yeah, and it was a picture that when I was praying into that message, and, you know, so now we're on the, the, the second the week second message week. of, you know, and really it was about the perspective of heaven and in that letting God letting God blow your mind, you know, letting God yeah. rework our perspective and, you know, the whole, the analogies of, you know, Moses on the mountain, you yeah. know, uh, Mount Sinai. And, and, you know, we see, we have this, we have this, it's a, it's a privilege, but it also, it, it can be a hindrance is we have, we have all the stories of the Bible already. So we read them in their, in their totality. And so we know the beginning, we know the end from the beginning and yeah. we, but, but you got to put yourself in the perspective of walking into those stories, not Indeed. knowing what's about to happen. Yeah. We already know what happens at the right. end of the story. That is the that is a very beautiful thing. Right. We know we, how Moses ended up. We know how, all, but they didn't. They, they when, no when God calls Moses up the mountain, he's like, "What is about to happen?" Yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't Everybody know. Everybody else was scared to death. Totally. They won't go with him. He's all alone. Totally in the cloud. And he's just like this, like God, I trust you. But with this blank slate, I don't know what's about to happen. I know you're good, but this is, you know, this is crazy. I'm about to meet with God and fire on the mountain, like, yeah. and and it's that giving God permission. So the whole thing is this: we have this this promise, like, we're in this, you know, beginning stages of this move of God, but we have this promise of God breaking out in revival. But in order to step into that, we have to have this blank slate like perspective of okay god blow my mind like yeah. moses stepping onto yeah. the mountain like like um you know when when um when jesus said 
um, he said, they're going to destroy this temple and in three days I'm going to rebuild it. And they're like, what does that? What did that mean to yeah. them? Like we know what it means now. Don't we, you know how long it took to build this <laughs> yeah, thing? Totally. What are you talking but about? But they're like, "What are you talking about?" And then, of course, by the end of the story, Jesus is resurrected, and then it says that he opened their eyes and they understood. But in the beginning, they're like, "What? What no, is he no. talking about?" And when you know the Apostle John on the island of Patmos, and he's in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and here's the Lord say, "Come up here!" Like when when the words say, "Come up here." He yeah. had no idea what was about to happen. No, He's but, like, okay, yeah. here we go. And we can read it all and we contextualize it all. We're like, okay, this is this is how God does this. But we package it and we're now we're like, God can only do this. Right. And we don't come with fresh expectation. But John was like, oh, I'm coming up. Oh, what's about to happen? Just wide yeah. open perspective. No anyway, idea what's on the other side of that. Yeah. Door. Anyway, so the, the parachute thing in that context was like, I'm, preparing this message and God gives me this picture of a parachute and I see it I see a tank uh, being yeah. being Drop suspended by a parachute and, and you know gently coming <laughs> down you know parachute strong enough to support a tank but yet then God shows me the parachute just folded up and stuffed in 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 the backpack and and it's like the parachute has no strength yeah. in itself yeah. and then it was like you can't you can't prop. You can't use a parachute to prop something up, to, to build something, to push something. Like it's got. Maybe you can use it for a pillow. Yeah, right. It. Totally. It's, Rest. It's, be still. It's floppy fabric and rope. Yeah. And it's just it's got intel, but it what it is is it's yielded. Yeah. It's yielded to a greater force than itself. That that wind that when it and when it's in the yielding, boo, it catches. But if it came out trying to be something. Like, I want to be this shape, and I want to do this, and I want... It wouldn't catch the wind. It's the yielded it, boom, and it, it blossoms into its full potential. Yeah. And and its its only job is to keep contact or keep t- tension on the wind. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, that's what, if, what it was designed if, for, too. What if we adopted that position? My job is to keep contact with the presence, to keep continual engagement tension with the pre- am i engaged am i engaged with the presence we could support you know the tanks will we show could up. support tanks and we need the tanks <laughs> the tanks the heavenly tanks will arrive when we yield to a greater force to the wind come on man thank you lord i don't know if you heard bill johnson i just listened to his message from last week or recently and he talked about um this is a season where we need to stay in constant contact with the holy spirit with the love of Mm. god Um, he said practically it looks like speaking in tongues praying in tongues working to like positioning ourselves to pray without ceasing Mm. not just have those times where we're like on our knees praying he's like i love those but i think he's touching on the same thing Mm. that you're touching on that constant contact was like, we need to be in constant contact Whoa. with the Lord, with his heart, with what he's saying. And it feels uh, like what he's preaching and reading to, to his congregation, yeah. to his audience, mm-hmm. to Bethel, and what you're saying to Bethel Austin and to our audience yeah. and our people, yeah. it's the exact same yeah. thing, yeah. that constant yielded, constant yeah. contact. I need to know what you're saying, what you're doing. I need to be yielded to you. Mm. It feels like, I just thought of it like he just you're you're saying the exact same thing just a different way wow i can i can feel it right now i know 
God's catching us right now. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to go back. and I have not heard that one yet. I'm going to go back and listen to that one today. Whew, he he also reminded us, it wrecked me, because a few weeks ago, you and I were sitting here, and I said, hey, Bill said, if you're, if you're listening, if you're getting, if you're more connected to the mainstream media right now than you are to the Word of God, your discouragement is self-inflicted. You remember when I said mm. that? He said it again, and I was like, "Oh, dude, this is where we're. This is where we're at. We need mm. to be. Maybe it's I need to put this down mm. a little bit more, mm -hmm. and 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 just yield to him. I need to because that whole thing is fear. That's... It's hurry. <laughs> it's worry." It's fix it now. Mm -hmm. It's solve it now. It's mm -hmm. it's a bunch of stress trying to fix the planet right now. And the Lord's like, why don't you put that down and contact me? Why don't it's so you, funny that you're, you let the that you're saying this because part of the message that I didn't get to you Saturday and the whole, the whole message was like gaining, receiving the perspective of heaven, yes. right? So... Do you see what I said? Oh, but for time, I, I didn't even go into it in the message. But part of the message I had was, we need to start a movement, WWJDSM. What would Jesus do on social media? And like, and you're talking about media as a whole, news. But social media, something that we have more control over. We can control the news by turning it off, turning yeah. it on. But social media, like what? What does it look like to have a movement? Like, what would Jesus do on social media? Yeah. And you know what? Like, people, uh, the media response would be like, well, Jesus didn't have social media back then. I, I'd say that's not true. He didn't have the electronic platforms that we have. But but, but messaging to the masses, like, he preached, you know, he'd go out in the boat, stand in the boat and preach to the masses because the water echoed, magnified yeah. his voice. He'd preach on the hillside because it was a natural ambulance. He was getting his message out to the masses. So he did have social media. Yeah. It looked a little bit Just, different. Yeah. But the question is, what would if Jesus was here right now, how would he use social media? And what would he do? And I feel like we need to wake up because we're partnering with some spirits and some things that aren't Jesus on social media. And somehow we give ourselves permission in this platform to be more unchristian in some ways than yeah, anywhere yeah. else. And we need to wake up. What it, That post you're looking at, would Jesus read that post? Would he like that post? If not, don't read it. Yeah. Is, is the Spirit of God in that post, yeah. right? And then when you're posting, what would Jesus say? Yeah. What would Jesus do when you're when commenting? He, when you're commenting, would he get tied up in this in that argument? It's like we need a whole movement. What would Jesus do on social media? Yes. So, yes. Uh, so I, it's interesting you. you're saying that. I didn't even get to that part in the message, but there you obviously. That's it. It's on God's yield heart to, right now. Yield to the Lord before you post. Yeah. Before you read, before you comment, before you share. Come on. Yield to the Lord. Oh man. Don't be afraid to delete if you need to delete something. That's it. Like that's block, unfollow. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, share in share encouragement, share good news. You know, share well thought out information. Don't share accusation. Don't share guilt. Don't share shame. Don't share pointing fingers. Like, uh, don't get caught up in the political spirit. 
You know, Jesus said, "Beware of the the, the leaven uh, of the of Herod and the Pharisees." Like, uh, like the political spirit. Like, don't get caught up in that whole thing. Just ask yourself. Like, put tape on your computer screen or on your phone what? cover, something WWJD like. What would Jesus do on social media? See, I think I'm gonna do a whole separate thing on it, but it's 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 just so prevalent right now. Message. It's so it's so important. So anyway. That's a big rabbit trail. That's a That's huge <laughs> rabbit trail. But it, it does tie into, am I using social media from a yielded place? Yeah. Am I using social media from a partnership with God place? Yes. Or am I just getting part, am I partnering yes. with all the other yeah. stuff and just blasting yeah. away, firing away? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I need to hear that too. I think we all totally. need to hear totally. that yeah. as well. I mean, people are automatically going to say, you know, well, Jesus confronted, you know, the Pharisees, but you have to remember that all Jesus is all Jesus's confrontations were face to face, uh, uh, in in person when they were plotting against him, plotting to kill him, and he would address them. He would address them personally uh, in, in public setting, but but in person, and you know that all over all over the country in closed doors everywhere they're having all these conversations like they're preaching against jesus everywhere and he didn't take to writing letters yeah. to these people like he had in person like right here in front of you're saying this and also remember he was god <laughs> yeah <laughs> who sees completely clearly knows everything. everything where we see in part knows the intentions of the heart knows what's going on in their mind reading their minds yeah, as he's yeah. addressing them. and so people are gonna say well jesus confronted this and yeah, he did a, a personal conversation in person. You're thinking this. You're saying this. I'm gonna, I'm talking to you. He didn't take to writing letters and sending them to the synagogues and stuff all over the country. Like, hey, I know what you were saying about me last night. And blah, blah, blah. like, he just he didn't do that. His message when he when he went on social media, meaning out in the boat to preach to the masses on the hillside to preach the message, it was the good news. It was the kingdom. It was what God was doing. He didn't get caught up in the political spirit. Anyway, that's a whole. Yeah. We now have three revival recaps in one. But, recaps. but the, there you the go. The sermon on that one is coming soon <laughs> totally. to a week at some time in the future. WWJDSM. Um, you know what else is cool that I the Lord showed me about media? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were his media team. Mm -hmm. So he had a team following him. He had 12 apostles, yeah. four of the 12, wow, one good. third of his entire ministry team, well, his close ministry team, because he also had 70, but a whole third of his closest people were all there to capture the media. And wow. what did they write? What did they capture? They captured a lot of behind the scenes, but they captured his sermons. They captured his interactions. And they, so he did have, so good. his media wasn't instant, like I fired so away on a screen. It came years later, uh -huh. but we are a product of what he put out in his media. And so I think that's important. It's what Bill it's was saying. It's, what it's, you're a, touching yeah, it's on a privilege is. that we do have that we can get it out yeah. quicker than they, exactly. than they could have. But there's so much on what you just said. That's amazing. Yeah. But the, they were his media team, but all of them were his messengers. They yeah. were all carrying the message. Yeah. Like the, all of his disciples, the the inner circle, the 12, the, the 70, 70, and yeah. beyond, everyone. <laughs> and so you are a messenger of Jesus. We're meant to be a messenger of Jesus. So what is the message 
that you're conveying, not just when you're at church, not just when you're in a Bible study talking to your other Christian friends. What are you conveying in, in one of the most powerful platforms that you have? Most people listening to this are on the art preaching on the weekends, aren't in a microphone. The yeah. most powerful platform you have is probably your social media platform. Yeah. What message are you conveying yeah. on your social media platform? Anyway, uh, that's that's good. <laughs> All of that to say, before you post, be still. Listen for the still small voice. There it is. When there's fire, maybe don't post it. When there's an earthquake, maybe don't post it. Not, I mean, spiritually. When there's, uh, yeah, listen for the still small voice. Wow, Yield to good. the Lord before you post. Yield to the Lord and everything. I, I guess like to wrap it all up, sum it all up, package it up nice. Be the parachute. Be the yielded vessel. Mm-hmm. Listen for that voice. Mm-hmm. Post that. Share that. Communicate that in person and mm-hmm. on social media. Come on. Because we, we need to partner with him in yeah. everything we're doing. Yeah. And that's it. It's it's all of that right there. That yieldedness is important for us to step into the promise of a, of the full move of God, the revival that He's that He's promised. That, and that's that's key. We yeah. need to we need to really not just hear this. We need to embrace it. Yeah. This life of yieldedness, so we can fully step in. One more tiny thing on that. We I had so many conversations yesterday about this. You had the twelve spies. They go into the promised land. They know there's a promise. They know there's fruit. They know there's giants. They know there's this land for them to go get. God told them, wherever the sole of your foot treads, it's already yours. I've already given it. Just go. And, And 10 spies come back and say, giants, 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 scary, scary, scary. We can't do this. And they all died. The two, Caleb and Josh, were like, no, we can do this. The two that were yielded to the perspective, they yeah. gave themselves to see through God's they lens. They were supposed to look at it. He yeah. told them, look for the fruit of the land. Yeah. And they come back, giants, mm. carrying fruit, talking about giants, not talking about, do you see that grape as big as your head? <laughs> Take a nibble. That's where we're going. Yeah. But that's, I felt like, man, this is a key because mm-hmm. like we don't want to be spies that yeah. die in the wilderness. We yeah. want to be the spies that end up leading into the promised yeah. land. And it's all tied up together in this yeah. one giant revival recap. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There you go. There you go. <laughs> As always, follow us at BethelATX.com and Facebook and Instagram. And we'll have more updates for you about just services opening up and things like that. That's all coming in your email, coming in wherever it is you follow us. You'll get it there. But we love you all. Yeah. Praying Uh, for you. Love you. Bless you. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.